You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Welcome to another episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. To say that I am excited for you to be here today would be the understatement of the century because we're talking about one of my favorite topics of nutrition, and that's post-workout eating. There are so many misconceptions and confusion surrounding this subject, and I know this because a lot of my clients that I work one-on-one with ask me the same questions over and over again, including should they be eating after workouts? If so, when should they be eating? What should they be eating? And I'm hoping that today's podcast will help clear up some of that confusion for you. If you don't know me, I am Kate. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. And a little fun fact about me is when I first started studying nutrition, I was convinced that I wanted to be a professional or collegiate sports dietitian. I thought I wanted to work for a team, but I found that working with the general population who enjoys being active and uses exercises as a way to supplement their life instead of making it their whole life is a lot more fun and professionally challenging and exciting. And so that's who I am going to be speaking with on this podcast today, or speaking to, I should say. This podcast episode is not really for any professional, collegiate, or even high school athletes because you guys are going to have totally different needs. This podcast is for the average gym goer, let's call her, or recreational athlete, someone who is working out for an hour or so most days of the week. And her primary goals are to improve body composition. And you might hear me say that a lot. And just to clarify, body composition means your ratio of fat to muscle. So you're looking to improve body composition by means of weight or fat loss and or getting toned, and I'm only going to use that language because I know that there is a lot of fear surrounding gaining muscle for women, but I promise you that weight training and putting on muscle gives you that toned lean look. You build muscle the same way as a man does. The only difference is women, we don't have the hormones or the physiology to be able to put on such bulky, heavy muscle as quickly. You have to be supplementing with some kind of external steroid or supplement to be putting on bulky muscle. So if you are weight training heavy, you will achieve that toned look if you are putting on muscle mass. So this podcast is going to give you some tips to do just that. You're also going to find the information covered in today helpful if you are seeking to maintain your body composition and or you want to improve your performance at your workouts or in the gym. If you're doing Orange Theory or F45 or CrossFit or some kind of higher intensity resistance based group training program, the information we talk about today and the nutrition tips discussed in this episode and the previous episode about pre-workout nutrition will help you not burn out as quickly, recover faster, and really optimize those results that you are 
kicking your own ass for, right? I mean, if you're going to go through and suffer through an hour workout like F45 or Orange Theory, you want to make sure that your nutrition is only going to optimize those results you're working so hard for. And this podcast is also going to help anybody who's doing traditional weight training in the gym. So if you're slanging iron in an LA fitness or gold gym, whatever, your apartment gym, this is going to be helpful. And if you're just somebody who is jogging, running, spinning, you will still get some benefit from this podcast. Although I am a firm believer, if you are really trying to change your body composition, if you are really trying to achieve that lean look, you want to be doing resistance training more often than aerobic training. In this podcast, you're going to learn how food affects your recovery, performance, and body composition, the role of each macronutrient, carbs, fat, and protein in post-workout nutrition, and I'm going to give you some examples of healthy post-workout meals. So if you need some inspiration for post-workout breakfasts, snacks, lunch, if you're unsure about protein shakes and if you should be supplementing with those things, then I got you. Those questions shall be answered. Now, it's important to remember these are general guidelines and everyone is different. If you've listened to our podcast before, you're like, shut up, Kate. I know everyone's different. Personalized nutrition, blah, blah, blah. But I say it because I mean it. Depending on your goals, not Susie or Sally's goals, unless you're Susie or Sally, (laughs) not the other Susie or Sally down the block's goals. and, And it depends on your lifestyle and your food preferences or restrictions. You're gonna need different nutrition recommendations. You're going to need a different plan, but there are some commonly agreed on evidence-based information that is going to help you move forward. And we're going to talk about them today. But first, if you are thinking to yourself already like, man, oh man, I, I feel overwhelmed. I need help. I need help making a personalized nutrition plan. I'm sick of just buying into something that my gym put together some eight week plan. I had a a client this past week who said that she was doing all these challenges at her gym and she never could stick to them. They were ridiculous. They made zero sense. They were so strict. And she was like, I just need direction. (laughs) I need clear direction. So if you're feeling this way, I got fabulous news for you, my friend, and that is we can help. Okay, who is we? It's not me and my imaginary friends. It's me and my real friend, Megan. She's also a registered dietitian nutritionist, and she works with me at our private practice, Nutrition Awareness. For context, Megan and I are experts in nutrition. We both have our college degrees in nutrition. Yes, it's a thing. And we are certified and accredited to help people like you optimize your life using food. We're not random Instagram influencers online spouting nonsense. Now we are on Instagram, but our posts are evidence-based and we have years of experience working one-on-one with clients to help them stop going on ridiculous restrictive diets and actually fuel themselves the right way using, you guessed it, personalized nutrition. If you need help knowing what, when, or how much you should be eating to reach your goals, or if you need help overcoming sugar and snack cravings, if you need someone to help you stick to a healthy eating plan for the long haul, we have an extremely personalized virtual program called DAP that can help you plan and follow through with your nutrition and health goals. DAP stands for Daily Accountability Program, where we teach you 
how to plan and actually stick to your healthy lifestyle and or your weight loss goals through personalized nutrition recommendations and daily accountability via video, audio, and text messages on the WhatsApp platform. If you're curious about DAP, if you're like, yeah, this sounds like something I could get into that I could get down with, I invite you to view our DAP application form. And this provides more information as well as a few testimonials from our previous clients who have found success with DAP. The application can be found on our website, all right? Get your pen, your paper, or just click the show notes below and write this down, www.orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching. Scroll down to the little bottom of that page and you're going to see our DAP application form. Now, if you have questions about DAP, we included a little section on the application where you can ask us all the questions that might be popping into your head, and then you can expect from one of us to reach out to you personally, answer those questions, and give you a little bit more information and insight about what goes on in the magical, wonderful, beautiful world of DAP. Now, if you want to talk to us right away and you don't have the patience to fill out an application, you can send us a direct message on Instagram. We love that. We are at nutrition.awareness on IG. So go ahead. I give you permission right now to pause this episode, fill out the application on the Nutrition Awareness website, orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching. And I got to tell you, pet peeve here, dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. I think I need to create a song to help everybody on planet Earth remember how to spell dietitian. Just remember, there's no C in dietitian. All right, can you tell I'm a little worked up? Let's get into talking about post-workout nutrition. So why, why, Kate, is post-workout nutrition so important? Well, let me get right down to the nitty-gritty of post-exercise eating. First, you need to understand when you are lifting weights or doing resistance training, you are not actually building muscle, toning up, or burning fat. No. So during your workout, that's not what's happening. What you are actually doing are two things, two big things. One, creating microscopic tears in the muscle fiber known as microtraumas. When you're breaking down muscle tissue, you are catabolic. Think of a cannonball breaking down a building. That's what's happening to your muscle. These tears are what's going to be rebuilt when you are resting and eating to create larger, stronger muscles, which is putting you in an anabolic state. So think of a capital A ascending upward. Anabolic is building up. Catabolic is building, breaking down. Okay. I might use those terms. So remember, anabolic building, catabolic breaking. The second thing you're doing when you're exercising is severely draining your glycogen stores. So what is glycogen? I am so glad you asked. Glycogen is your body's carbohydrate stores that are used for energy during training, activity, or sport, or when you're just living life and you haven't eaten in a while. It's your onboard energy source. I talk about this in the previous podcast episode about pre-workout nutrition if you want a little bit more in-depth information. But essentially, if you were a car, glycogen is the gas in your tank that you're burning when you're not refueling it up. After you break down 
muscle and drain your energy stores through a workout, you need to do a few things. And the first thing, replenish those glycogen stores. And the second thing is to repair the micro trauma in your muscles. So how do you do this? With food, of course. Now I do want to note, your body is going to accomplish those tasks in order. Your body will always choose to replenish glycogen stores before it goes to repair your muscles, repair that micro trauma. And that's just how the human body is programmed. Your body instinctively has its own set of priorities and having stored energy, having that glycogen is essential to survive. Whereas looking hot in a bikini and feeling yourself or even reaching your health goals is not. Now you might be thinking, bummer, but no, let me rephrase that. Your body is trying to keep you alive and functioning, so it's going to prioritize functional energy utilization over burning fat or even gaining muscle. There is no way around it and no $99 supplement on earth that can reprogram your body or flip your genetics to operate in any other way is going to do that for you, okay? Write that down in a notebook or on your mirror, on a post-it note, something. Supplement and vitamins are not going to be game changers, okay? Don't waste your money. They're not going to change how your body works at a physiological level and therefore the food, powder, or potions you consume post-workout are going to be primarily used for that glycogen replenishment and then the repair of muscle tissue, which we call muscle protein synthesis. You're synthesizing muscles using protein. This means when you are drinking that expensive protein powder after you work out, When your body is starving for glycogen because you just burned it all, lifting weights, running sprints, doing your thing, there is a good chance, especially if it's been a long time since you've had a meal, that a large portion of the protein you drink, especially if it's an isolate protein, is going to be inefficiently broken down into glucose, carbohydrates, and then stored as glycogen instead of primarily being used for that muscle recovery as intended. So we're drinking protein shakes to build muscle, but that's the second priority. Your body has a lot of unique mechanisms and it can change protein into carbohydrates, gluconeogenesis when it requires it. So it's going to do just that to keep you alive. The bottom line, if you don't give your body that glucose, you're stalling the muscle recovery process and delaying your results, your results, I mean. So when you leave the gym, Your body doesn't just automatically know you're done training, that you're done creating micro traumas, and therefore it's gonna continue to break down muscle tissue for up to the next six to eight hours, all right? A lot of people don't realize that because your body doesn't have a way of knowing that you've stopped working out. And therefore, it doesn't know it should start to begin that recovery muscle rebuilding process. And that's what we want. We want our body to build muscle because building muscle burns fat at rest. The way you signal to your body to stop breaking down muscle tissue is to feed it. And I know so many clients, women especially, women, I mean, especially chronic dieters, yo-yo dieters, 
fear eating after workouts because they don't want to consume the calories they just burned. At least this is what they think and what they say. And I can specifically remember a conversation my mom and I would have when I was in high school and we would go to the YMCA and get on the elliptical together. We were like, oh, we feel so guilty eating after our workout. You know, we just burned all these calories. Like what a disordered thought pattern. And it literally has no merit. I need you to take your magic mental eraser and delete that little thought from your pretty head right now. If you want to burn fat and or tone up, you need to build lean muscle. That's that. Lean muscle burns calories at rest and essentially turns your hot sexy body into a red hot furnace that burns through calories, fuel, and food a lot more efficiently. If you don't give your body the building blocks it needs to build this muscle, you're going to experience a a delay in progress which might make you want to quit entirely if you don't start seeing reflection your reflection change okay i can see that a lot in clients they just want to give up if they don't have immediate responses so not eating delays this b cravings for sugar later in the day because your body is begging for carbs to restore those glycogen. So you might find it at night, you are binging on sugar or carbs and you're like, what the heck? I was so good all day. I didn't have carbs. I worked out. Why can't I control myself? This could be one of the factors. You didn't fuel and refuel properly. C, you might have early fatigue either during or around workouts. If you are finding yourself dreading exercise because you're so tired and you've got no energy and you're dragging through, you're not fueling enough, sorry. D, you have an increased risk of injury. See this in a lot of high-intense athletes if they're not fueling well. And of course, what letter am I on? E, whatever. You have poor performance because you just don't have the energy to really break PRs. So if you are trying to run faster, harder, stronger, if you're trying to lift heavier, hit some higher reps, you will suffer if your nutrition is not on point. So what are those building blocks that your body needs to build muscle? Well, we've touched on one, we've touched on two actually, um, carbs. Carbohydrates are pretty misunderstood in the mainstream media, but they are crucial for optimal performance. Now, if you have bought into the idea that carbohydrates are bad and that if you wanna lose weight, you shouldn't eat carbs, I want to clear up something. There are certain carbohydrates that are better than others. And when the diet fitspo people are talking about bad carbs, they're often talking about really highly processed carbs that are combined with low quality fat sources. So as an example, a potato by itself really is not that it's not a bad food. <laughs> it's not a bad food at all. It comes from the earth. It fills you up. It's full of fiber. It's satiating. It's not a bad food at all. Now, if you start to cover your baked potato in sour cream, cheese, bacon, all the things, well, then you're not giving your body as high quality foods. You're filling it with saturated fat. And that is not an optimal carbohydrate source, especially per, per performance. And of course, that's a lot of calories and can make it easier to regain weight if you're consuming that in conjunction with an overall high caloric diet. Does that make sense? So when people are saying, oh, pizza are high in carbs, well, the pizza dough is the only thing that's got carbohydrate in, in that meal, maybe the marinara if it's loaded with sugar, but it's a carbohydrate that's also combined with fatty cheese, with meats, um, with grease, the oil, all the things, all right? So it's not just the carbohydrates, it's just a high calorie food. And that's where carbohydrates can play a role in weight gain. Make sense? All right. But if your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, 
aka eat in a caloric deficit, or you're exercising multiple times per day, including maybe a weight training session and a walk or some kind of cardio, or you're training fasted on an empty stomach, here's how you want to incorporate post-workout carbohydrates because you need them. And it's not with donuts and it's not with pizza. If you're lifting weights or exercising at a moderate intensity without eating in a caloric deficit, meaning you're not training at a high level and your primary goal is to maintain weight, glycogen recovery is not going to be as urgent. So studies show that these groups, those people who are just maintaining weight, they're eating enough fuel, they're not trying to lose weight, they're exercising at a moderate intensity, their urgent need to eat carbohydrates right after a workout is not as high. We show these groups only reduce their glycogen stores by 36 to 39%. But if you are in the previous group that I listed, burning muscle, I'm sorry, building muscle, burning fat while in a caloric deficit, exercising multiple times per day, or exercising fasted, you need those post-workout carbohydrates. So let's start with the best carbohydrates. These are going to come from high quality yet rapidly absorbed sources. This could be fruit, fruit in a smoothie, potatoes, whether they're sweet or traditional, or maybe you make them into a hash, uh, oats, whole grain or sprouted grain pasta, breads, tortillas, rice, any kind of squash or starchy vegetable. Those are gonna be some of the best high quality carbohydrate sources because they're full of nutrients and they just make you feel good and they've got readily used carbohydrate that can be absorbed efficiently. Now, of course, we know candy, like, um, you know, some gummy sours, those things are high in sugar, meaning that glucose is going to be readily absorbed, but that doesn't give you that satiating factor and there are no nutrients. So you might see some hardcore guys at the gym walking into the power racks, eating Skittles and replenishing with candy. If you haven't seen it, I kid you not, this is real. I can't recommend that you you eat those things because there is no nutrition in those foods. Now, the amount of carbohydrates you should consume after workout is going to vary on a variety of factors, including your goals, exercise variation, duration, and intensity, as well as your current body composition. But somewhere between 30 and 90 grams is a sufficient amount of post-carbohydrate, I'm sorry, post-workout carbohydrate. If you're not really sure about what specifically you need or how much you should be eating, reach out to one of us at Nutrition Awareness. Now, before I talk about when you should eat post-workout, let's talk about protein because I'm going to talk about protein and carbohydrates together as far as nutrient timing and when you should eat after a workout. But protein is the other building block of post-workout nutrition. Now, just as carbs turn into glucose, protein breaks down into amino acids. In the absence of carbohydrates, protein will be uh, converted into glucose, right? So that uh, mechanism where it's broken down into amino acids is less efficient. Amino acids build lean muscle tissue. Remember, without carbohydrates, those amino acids that build that fat-burning muscle are spared to replenish glycogen stores. Can you tell I'm beating a dead horse? I just want you to know this. (laughs) I'm trying to break the stigma of carbs. So for the maximal anabolic effect, it is well agreed upon that you need about 
20 to 40 grams of protein post-workout. So what is that maximal acute anabolic effect? It is your body's ability to stop breaking down muscle after a workout, because remember, it's not gonna do it automatically, and shift from a catabolic state into a building anabolic state where you're building muscle. So 20 to 40 grams of protein post-workout is pretty well agreed upon. These proteins should come from complete protein sources, meaning they are going to have all 20 of the essential amino acids. All animal-based proteins are complete, all right? So meat, fish, poultry, eggs, dairy, and whey protein are good to go. Other than soy products like tempeh or tofu and quinoa, plant-based food proteins are not complete. Now, this doesn't mean you shouldn't be eating them if you are following a plant-based, vegetarian, or vegan diet. You're just going to need a combination of different plant-based proteins to make sure you're getting all of your essential amino acids. That's why you might hear that a vegan or vegetarian should eat beans and rice together because what beans are missing, rice has and vice versa. Same with peanut butter and bread. If you are looking for a vegan protein shake, make sure you're looking for one that includes at least three to five grams of the branched chain amino acid leucine. We can see from studies that is a key amino acid in muscle recovery. So what does 20 to 40 grams of protein look like? Well, it could be four to six ounces of lean chicken or turkey, lean ground beef, one to two scoops of protein powder, depending on the brand, three ounces of tofu with some rice and beans, two to three eggs with a couple slices of Ezekiel bread, a cup of Greek yogurt with some peanut butter. Certain protein bars can have 20 to 40 grams of protein. So if you're not sure, utilize a food tracker just to see if your post-workout meal meets that criteria. However, having protein soon after a workout is less important when you have a protein-rich meal, which would be about 20 to 25 grams of protein, within three hours of a resistance training workout. And this is per the International Society of Sports Nutrition. So let's say you're working out at 1 p.m. and at 12 p.m. you had 25 grams of protein. Well, if you can't immediately have that 20 to 40 grams of protein right after your workout at 2 p.m., this is less urgent because you had some protein before. Now this leads us into that topic of nutrient timing. The definition of nutrient timing is formally the methodical planning and eating of whole foods, fortified foods, and dietary supplements. Basically, when you eat certain foods. The timing of energy intake and the ratio of certain ingested macronutrients enhance recovery and tissue repair, increase muscle protein synthesis, and improve mood states following high volume or intense exercise like Orange Theory, weight training. There is a lot of debate and controversy surrounding post-workout nutrition timing. If you've ever heard of the anabolic window, you should know that the research is a bit scattered. The anabolic window is this time right after a workout where some people believe and some studies show and some contradict that the body is most apt to absorbing nutrition and using it for all of these said functions, muscle protein synthesis, recover, etc. Now, my personal approach has always been 
Why not consume a protein and carb-rich meal within 30 to 90 minutes post-workout? Because it's not going to hurt, especially if you're mindful of your overall nutrition throughout the day and how that meal fits into your total energy needs. Meaning, for example, if you are trying to lose weight, you'll want to acknowledge your post-workout meal or shake as part of your overall intake and include that into your strategic deficit. The more mindful you are of when your workout is, the easier it's going to be to plan your workouts before meals. So if you can only work out at 3 p.m., that can be a little bit difficult if you normally eat dinner at, I don't know, 8 p.m. So you'll need to incorporate some kind of post-workout nutrition supplement or snack after that workout or make sure right before that workout you are eating a very balanced, protein-rich and carbohydrate-rich meal. However, here are some agreed upon conclusions among nutrition experts and studies. The first is pre and post exercise meals that contain adequate amounts of protein and carbs should be no more than three to four hours apart. However, if you're that kind of person that likes to eat large meals, you might reap the benefits of eating five to six hours apart. This is gonna depend on your meal size preference, your schedule, and how your body can move with a certain amount of food in it. I know that for me, large meals are just a no-go before workouts because I feel slow, heavy, and sluggish. My body is working really hard to digest all of these nutrients, and it's not going to be sending my blood to my muscles that are being worked. It's gonna be sending blood to my digestive tract to break those things down. So that's personal preference, everyone's different. But I usually go with, for my clients, saying no more than three to four hours apart. So if you eat lunch at noon and you work out at 2 p.m., it will be about three hours since you've eaten after a workout. So it would be good to have something within an hour of that workout, three to four hours. So from noon to four. It's also agreed upon that consuming 20 to 40 grams of protein post-workout is adequate for most. The 2017 article from the International Society of Sports Nutrition about nutrient timing has a position about something called protein pacing. So protein pacing involves the consumption of about 20 to 40 grams of high quality protein from both whole food and protein supplementation evenly spaced throughout the day, approximately every three to four hours. So that 20 to 40 grams is something that you want to consistently have at every single meal. The article also suggests that for somebody who is trying to accelerate protein muscle synthesis, they should have this high protein meal within 60 minutes of waking up in the morning, and they say the last meal is eaten within three hours of going to sleep at night. These are not ride or die uh, guidelines because some people just do not feel like eating and they just do not want any food in their system right when they wake up in the morning and a lot of people like to fast before bed. These are just general guidelines and it, it, it could change what you're doing now if what you're doing now is not working. Meaning if muscle gain is your primary goal and fat loss and you're currently fasting without many results, I would consider changing your approach and perhaps eating a little bit closer to when you wake up and being more mindful of how you bolus or space out your protein throughout the day. So a safe evidence-based rule of thumb, for maximum anabolic results, don't separate your pre and post workout meal by more than three to five hours apart. While every meal should have a source of protein and carbs, it's crucial to consume enough around your workouts. 
If you recall me saying earlier, you need to stop that breakdown process after resistance training, but you're still feeling a little bit scared to eat after a workout, here is a little bit more science for you. Try to change your mind here, right? The first thing we have to do to halt that breakdown process is to take advantage of a natural spike of insulin after a workout. Insulin is essentially a transport hormone that tells the body it is ready to begin the repair process by delivering nutrients, specifically carbohydrates, but protein and fat as well, to where they need to go. A spike in insulin will halt the breakdown, the catabolic process, and open amino acid receptors in the damaged muscle tissue in order for the repair and recovery process to begin. To begin. So in layman's terms, your body is most efficient at using carbs for replenishing glycogen stores and repairing muscle rather than storing it as fat after a workout. Another fun fact, insulin is just higher in the morning. So eating more carbohydrates in the earlier part of your day is better tolerated and better utilized. And if we think logically, this makes a lot of sense considering you don't need fuel for bed. You don't need energy to go to sleep. But, okay, what if you're working out before bedtime? Still eat carbohydrates because your body needs to recover and repair within that three to five hour window, okay? So that's gonna be an exception. I would say if it's possible, work out earlier in the day, but I know that for some people that schedule, it just does not allow that, and I'd rather people get a workout in later in the day than not at all. But that's just a little bit of fun fact for you. And if you know anything about great things, they come in threes. And we know protein and carbs are great because they're delicious and they're foods. So what's the third piece? Fats, of course, the third and probably the most misunderstood misunderstood and scrutinized macronutrient. Fats role in our body is crucial, all right? I want to say that right off the bat. They synthesize hormones. They help us feel fuller for longer by providing long-term energy. And they help us absorb nutrients, among lots of other fun things in our body, However, when it comes to post-workout nutrition, fats, uh, they just don't play a huge role. They're not crucial, right? They don't play a huge role in muscle building, recovery, or performance. And therefore, we don't need a lot of them before or after a workout. In fact, I would save your higher fat meals for meals that are farther from exercise because fats can actually slow the absorption of glucose and amino acids which can lessen the metabolic effects these two key nutrients have after a workout. Plus, fats can often make you feel sluggish and full, so I don't know, it just doesn't feel very good around workouts in my opinion. So, protein, carbohydrates, they're king. Save higher fat meals and snacks for after those meals, those non-peri-exercise meals. All right, here comes the fun part. Are you guys ready for some post-workout meal and snack ideas? I hope so, okay? Just as a little, uh, um, what's the word here, plug, (laughs) we've got lots of really healthy meals on our blog on orlandodietitian.com and on our Instagram, so be sure to check those out because we're constantly posting new things, but here are some of my favorite go-to ideas. If you work out in the morning, I would recommend eating a little something something before you work out to get some gas in the tank. So listen to that previous pre-workout nutrition podcast episode for more inspo. Afterwards, try maybe some overnight protein oats. And the way I make my protein oats is I just combine one scoop of high quality protein. I use first form or I use 
Orgain Vegan, the plant-based one, simply because it's supplemented or it's just creamier, it's thicker. Or I use the First Form Natural because there is no added junk. It is not made with sucralose or aspartame. Anyway, I take one scoop of high quality protein, I combine that with a half a cup of oats, and then I just pour a cup of lower fat milk or almond milk and chill it overnight. So mix it together and chill it. And when it's time to eat it, you can top it with sliced banana, berries, PB2 powder, or drizzled peanut butter. But remember, not too much. You don't need a ton of fat after a workout. Another idea could be an egg and or egg white omelet with sweet potato hash and a cup of berries. Put some veggies in your eggs, or you can make an egg sandwich. Uh, go ahead and cook eggs how you like them. Stuff it between whole grain toast with lots of veggies. And then of course, fruit and veggie smoothies with protein powder or Greek yogurt are always easy go-tos, especially if you're someone that doesn't like a lot of food or heavy substance in their stomach after workout, or if you are low on time, smoothies are easy to grab and go. I like to combine vanilla protein with a bunch of fresh spinach, pineapple, and almond milk. Believe me, it's really good. The pineapple is so sweet, you can't even taste the spinach. If you are working out in the afternoon and you need some lunch or evening ideas, I would say my favorite go-to is to take any four to six ounce serving of lean protein. So lean protein is gonna be turkey, some fish, chicken, steak, lean ground beef, and stuff it into a whole grain tortilla. Go ahead and eat that with a side or load it up with veggies and salsa. And depending on your needs, you can add more carbohydrates with rice and beans. You could also bake a sweet potato and stuff it with shredded chicken, beans, pico de gallo, green onions for a little bit of a Southwest treat. You can also make a stir fry. Stir fries are one of my favorites because you can go crazy on the veggies. You can load it up. It can be a really high volume meal and you can add lots of different plant-based proteins like tofu and tempeh, or you could even mix it up with shrimp and eat that over quinoa. So when I make my stir fry, I just put a little bit of avocado oil on a large pan or wok, and I saute onions, broccoli, carrots, watercress, snap peas, whatever I've got, and then I add a little bit of shrimp. I like the Argentinian shrimp from Trader Joe's. It's so thick and juicy. I feel like I'm eating lobster. And I add some coconut aminos, a little bit of teriyaki, and eat that over quinoa. Now, if you need a snack between meals because you work out in the middle of the day or mid-morning and it's not quite time to sit down and eat lunch or dinner, I would suggest a whey or plant-based protein shake mixed with water or milk with a side of that carbohydrate, some kind of fruit or toast or whatever. Uh, you could also do a high-quality protein bar. I think RX bars and Oat Mega bars are pretty good. Um, they do have a little bit more fat in them, but again, they are easy grab-and-go options. Greek yogurt or cottage cheese with fruit, always delicious, or a slice of toast with deli turkey, tomatoes, pickles, mustard, basically a mini open-faced sandwich. So those are just a few ideas that can get you started, get you inspired, maybe trying something new. Okay, I hope this podcast helped answer a lot of your questions about post-workout nutrition. If you feel confused, I get it. This is a really complex topic, right? Well, nutrition itself, I mean, it's the wild, wild west of science, right? And this is just a confusing topic 
snuggled in between a wider, more complex topic, which is food and nutrition. So I get if you're feeling confused, if you need clear, specific direction, if you need something personalized to you, if you need questions answered, reach out to one of us, reach out to one of our dietitians by applying to that daily accountability program. Go to www.orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching, ask your questions, tell us your needs, spill your guts out, we want to hear them, and we want to pick them back up and help you feel confident on your health journey. Thanks guys for listening. If you found this podcast helpful, it means so much to share it with a friend, share it with a fitness junkie who needs a little bit of information about how to eat after their workout. Catch you guys on the next episode. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time,